Okay, so this is class number two of a study on regeneration. Uh, so we're going to start with a little review. You've had one class on this, so maybe it's not, you know, still like completely settled in and you got it. So we'll do some review. What are some other words for what we call regeneration? New birth. New birth. Born again. Born again. New birth. Born again. Quickening. Quickening. Oh ye. <laughs> the quick and the dead. What's that from? Is that a famous book? The Quick and the Dead. A movie. It's a movie. I probably shouldn't remember the movie. Movies usually probably not. <laughs> probably who knows what that's about, right? Okay. So what was that one? Did I hear? Did I miss one? Another word for regeneration. <clears throat> oh. So last week, John was up here and he talked about why we need regeneration. And uh, I vaguely, vaguely looking at my, remembering my notes, mentally picturing my notes. I'm thinking there were three reasons. So let's look. Let's let's look at that. Scripture. Let's look at that scripture. This, by the way, is a ESV Bible from the Lost and Found. <laughs> Apparently, it was used by youth. <laughs> well used. All right. So, I'm going to look for John 3. John 3 is uh, where Jesus talks to Nicodemus about being born again. And so, that's like our key passage. Might not be our key verse today, but it's our key passage where we uh, learn a lot about being born again. And I think it's where the phrase is, is introduced to the world. Jesus just says this to Nicodemus, and ever since then, people have talked about being born again Christians. So in John 3, <clears throat> the first few verses, uh, you know, let's just read those. Who would like to read through... Uh, down through verse 8 for now. 1 through 8? 1 through 8, yes, thanks. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Demas, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. 
Thank you. Okay, so that's 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 our main study for this, and uh, so let's look look at that, scan that, and uh, try to remember or identify why we must be born again. So Jesus emphasizes that a person must be born again, and blended in there are some reasons, like why it might be necessary that Jesus mentions. So what is one of those? You cannot see the kingdom of God. Without it, you cannot see the kingdom of God. that what's seeing the kingdom of God what is seeing the kingdom of God you won't get to be there you won't get to know what it's all about be in there right so the kingdom of God for one thing is the eternal future with God right so kingdom of God uh, eternal future with God we're not going to see it unless we're born again Okay. All right. The scripture okay. says God God is a spirit. And so if you're not born of the spirit, then he'll be able to say to you, I never knew you depart from me. <clears throat> okay. So that's this. Presently, I'm going to call that this. So there is eternal kingdom of God, and then there's also present kingdom of God. So knowing God personally now, we say, we use this phrase, we have a personal relationship with Christ and with God. We're the children of God our Father and the brothers and sisters uh, of our, each other and of Christ. So, uh, we cannot see the kingdom of God eternally, and we cannot see it presently. And, uh, in fact, Nicodemus in here, I mean, Jesus could have just preached this, but it's recorded as a conversation with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was perhaps, you know, one of the best trained Bible scholars in town, living at that time very well trained and like John was saying last week it's like he just this whatever Jesus meant by this was just like he was he couldn't see it he could not see it he at that time had not been born again and uh, he couldn't see it he's like a he's like pro proving what Jesus is saying by how he responds to what Jesus is saying he can't see it He's coming back with what John called dumb questions. Uh, they sound, you know, sound almost like these rabbinical discussion sessions you see on the movies, talking about little things, points of theology or whatever, kicking ideas around. Doesn't see it. Uh, what's another reason 
um, that we need to be born again that is woven into what Jesus says there. I'm seeing some strong, like Moses kind of tiebacks to showing them the promised land but not entering it. Can't mm-hmm. enter the kingdom of God. Can't enter it. Yeah. Okay. Can't enter it. See it. So I'm going to include that in seeing it. And this eternal business is, you know, entering it. Wow, this marker. Let's try this one. We need freedom from our flesh. Freedom. We do not be born of the flesh, but born of the spirit. Okay. Yes. That was one I was thinking of. Also, um, uh, the flesh <clears throat> can't help us. The phrase he uses is, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And uh, in John 6, this is where notes would come in handy. John 6, Jesus says, son, we'll find it real fast. Flesh is no help at all, he says. Sixty-three. Ta-da! Sixty-three. Thank you. It is the it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Okay, so John six, six sixty-three. No, sixty-three. Six sixty-three. Flesh is no help at all. All right. I can only drive so fast. <laughs> For the recording, this is Stephanie bringing me the notes, which we're all grateful. I don't think the Brentwood police would care if you forgot your Sunday school lesson. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't care. <laughs> well, it's very timely because I was just trying to see if I had forgotten anything about this. We are dead in our sins, in our flesh, we can't help ourselves. Check. We got that one. Uh, That which is uh, born of the flesh is flesh. In our flesh, we can't help ourselves. Without it, we can't see the kingdom of God. 
we can't partake of it, we can't be part of it. And number three was we can't see it presently. That is, we can't even see what we're looking at. Like Nicodemus is hearing the words of Christ and just can't see it. And so though, these are reasons that we must be born again. We need, we need this to, uh, to, to, be, to be made alive. We are dead. So we're like dead people. If anything's going to happen, we'll need to be brought to life. Uh, maybe we're even worse than dead because it's not like we're not doing anything. We're busy probably causing harm and damage uh, in our fallen state. You know, it would be safer for other people if we were actually dead. Anyway, so we are fallen, and we need this. So today, we're going to talk about what it is. I mean, we've been, we've been talking about why we need it. Let's talk, uh, we're going to at least start talking about what it is. There's probably some more lessons on this in, in the series. But what is regeneration? What is the new birth? All right. So we read the passage already. So I want to ask, what phrases does Jesus use for regeneration? You know, we did those from memory. We didn't have the passage open in front of us. What phrases does Jesus use for regeneration? Born again. He uses this born again. How many times does he use this born again? in our passage. We're going to count. Two? Two times. What other phrases does he use? Born of water and the Spirit. Of or the, how does he say it? And the Spirit. And the Spirit. The uh, Spirit. And uh, how many times does he use that description of or that phrase for it? Well, he uses born of the Spirit again. Born of the Spirit. And he uses that at least two more times. So that's twice, and I think water so and spirit is total 1x. Okay. So the born of the spirit is actually three times. Oh, because he, he includes yeah. it in this one. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> so he's talking about the same thing, by the way. So just uh, one thing that has tripped some people up in over time is this one time where he call, he adds this born of water and the spirit. And like that's something different. It does, it's there for a reason, but um, he's talking about this, re, the, the new birth. And he just, he calls it, he calls it born again, he calls it born of water and the spirit, he calls it born of the spirit. He's talking about the same thing. Um, <clears throat> all right, so, we're going to talk about what it is, and we're going to start by asking, who does it? Who God, does it? The Father. Verse 3, 6. Well, we're going to, yeah. 
and the Spirit, born of the Spirit. So we're going to say the Spirit does it. The Holy Spirit does it. So, and the Holy Spirit is often the one involved of the Trinity when it's doing something, you know, like inside a person. Jesus Christ is an embodied person like us. He He's physical. He's not going to be reaching into our us. And doing that. So the Holy Spirit, this is part of the Trinity, mystery of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is acting on us. All right? The Holy Spirit caused Mary to become pregnant. The Holy Spirit can act on our physical bodies and our spirits. Okay, so the Holy Spirit does it. So, um, born of the Spirit, not something we can do for ourselves. Uh, we can't help with this. I mean, Jesus uses the analogy, we'll call it an analogy, of being born, which we know we had no effect on. We didn't decide to be born. We didn't get a vote about being born. We didn't get a clue and go along with it. We didn't exist to have anything to do with our birth. Right? Uh, now, other people might have made decisions that uh, led to our birth, but uh, even then, you know, that doesn't really, there's never been an adequate explanation for how we got consciousness, except in the Bible, right? Where God makes us a living being, like he did Adam. <clears throat> so, um, you know, yeah, in fact, it's kind of like that. God gave us our consciousness when we were born. We can't explain that. We didn't get a vote on that. Okay. Um, question number two. Whose decision is our regeneration then? It wasn't ours. Whose decision was it? The fellowship of the train. I'm not writing those down. The fellowship of the Trinity. Where did you get that one, Josh? What verse is that? Let us let us. Let... It's in Josh. <laughs> Josh one. Josh one. You do have a book of the Bible named after. Oh yeah. Don't you? No, that's Joshua. Joshua. Oh. Okay. All right. So uh, so this is in this is kind of in verse eight. Jesus kind of fills this in in verse eight, right? Verse eight, uh, he gets into this. Um, Do not marvel, this is verse seven, that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So... Uh, <clears throat> So who, who decides uh, where the wind blows? God. God does. God decides where the wind blows. We don't. And so he just plain lets a flat, you know, example of the kind of control we have over things. And uh, uses the wind. The wind blows. And... And the wind is the wind is a good example also because I think it's invisible uh, too as well. 
Well, isn't there also some correlation between wind and breath, spirit, pneuma, mm -hmm. being yeah. the spirit? Yeah. 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 And we have some indication that Jesus chose his words pretty carefully, wisely. Yeah. So um, we don't get any input on the wind. God is in, is, is the wind, does the wind wish things? The wind does not wish things, right? Uh, the wind uh, is not random because it's controlled by God. The acts of God are decided by God. God decides what God's going to do. God decides that a person will be re regenerated. We can't steer it. We can't stop it. We'd love to take credit for this, but it would be as pointless as taking credit for the weather. Um, okay, so it's God's decision. Gosh, I do feel like I should be writing these down. Holy Spirit does it. Spirit does it. It's God's decision. Remember Lazarus. You know, Lazarus, <clears throat> that's in John 11. Let's look at that for just a second. John 11, verse, well, it's verse 38. Who can read this? Verse 38 down through 44. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor for... He has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him, and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we, what are we to do, for this man performs many signs? If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take both our place and our nation. That's far enough. That's, I appreciate that, Damien. So the um, so uh, does, did does, did Lazarus uh, have a choice about being raised from the dead? He's dead. He was dead. He's good and dead. Right. He was good and dead. Four days. 
And so he's just, he's a dead body. And we can see and we can see here that Jesus prays to the Father. So Jesus, he's a physical man. He's standing outside. I mean, he can do miracles, but how does he do them? Right? So he prays to the Father. And the Father decides to raise Lazarus. Jesus thanks the Father for hearing him. And then, who do you think actually acted on Lazarus? The Spirit. Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Just like the Holy Spirit can do things to a physical body, like it did to Mary, it can do it to Lazarus. And put Lazarus back in working order. We don't even know what he died from, right? He was sick and then he died. But he was good and dead. And he didn't have a choice. He found himself. Boy, I bet he was surprised. And, it, you know, nice of Jesus to have him take the stone away before this. Because it was going to be super dark in there. Super dark. Can you imagine waking up, being like, say you were dead. We don't know what was what Lazarus was experiencing as a dead person. We don't know. Was he with? Was he in the bosom of Abraham? We, we don't know. No one knows. We can make theories, but maybe it was like he was asleep. We don't know. But all of a sudden, he's awake and he's in a cave. Maybe his head is wrapped with a towel. Maybe then. Maybe this is all very very puzzling to Lazarus. But then he hears Jesus, a person he knows very well, yelling at, yelling at him to come out. He's like, come out. Okay, well, you know, he comes out. Didn't have a choice. That's whose decision it is. All right, one other thing that happens. It's God's decision. Uh, let's, let's look at verse 5. Um <clears throat> Oh, now I'm over in Lazarus. I've got to go back. All right. So, we mentioned this. This one time, he, he, tells, he calls this being born of water and the Spirit. Water and the Spirit. That's a clue. And, and some of the commentaries I read mentioned that, you know, Jesus might have kind of been throwing Nicodemus a bone here just to see, just to, just to kind of give him something to remember later about this conversation, because water and the Spirit, okay? That's born of water and the Spirit. So he may have been, and certainly we can see this now in hindsight, this really does sound like a reference to Ezekiel 36, 25, uh, which is another place in the Bible where regeneration is described. And so Jesus also, I, I gave credit to Nicodemus for being one of the best trained Bible students of his time, but Jesus had him outmatched. If you look at Ezekiel, Ezekiel 36, 26, 25, sorry, Ezekiel 36, 25. Who can read that verse? I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, uncleannesses, 
and from all your idols I will cleanse you. Keep going. Nope, we'll come to verse 30, 26 next. Thank you, Alan. So, uh, this is another place in the Bible where regeneration is described. And uh, Jesus, uh, the, uh, Ezekiel uh, is recording what the Lord says. So again, this is, uh, you know, Jesus talking. And he says, um, <clears throat> I will sprinkle clean, well, now I've lost it. 25. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. So another thing that happens in regeneration is cleansing. Cleansing. So, what's the result of cleansing? Clean. Cleanness. Cleanness. I mean, this echoes a ceremonial cleansing that was done in the law, but it's talking about not, you know, something that people are doing with each other. It's talking about God doing it to, a, to people, to many people, to people, to persons. Cleansing us from all our uncleannesses, our sins, cleansing us from all our sins and all our idols, all the things that we're putting in front of God, cleansing us. So we, <clears throat> we're, uh, we're given the righteousness of Christ, right? We're, our sins taken off of us, put on Christ, Christ's righteousness imputed to us in the new birth. So, <clears throat> you know, we're, t we're children of God. When the new birth happens, that's when it happens. We're children. We're born. Now we're, re we're born again. We're children now of God. Uh, <clears throat> Well, now, Alan, would you mind reading verse 26? Certainly. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Got to sneak in here and put some shims behind this board. <laughs> uh, okay, you can even hear that on the tape. That's how good these mics are. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> so what do we get? New heart. New heart. And. What, what so a new heart and and it's it what was the old heart described like stone 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 so what do we mean when we we say somebody has a heart of stone hmm. hardened against god hardened stone is pretty much as hard as it gets right hardened and 
hardened against God, right? Hardened in particular against God. A, 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 stone, a heart of stone is hardened against God. Uh, it's cold. It's dead. Uh, not functioning. It's not doing any good. It's not functioning. It, it's it's carved out of rock. Rebellious against God. Entrenched. Stubborn. Remember Pharaoh? God hardened his heart. To, I mean, he had seen the plagues and he was still saying, no, that's nuts. That's not logical. It cannot love. Can't love. And so that heart is taken out and the heart of Flesh, a real beating, warm heart, is put in. So all. So what's that? What's that enable then? Life. Life. Love. Love. It's like the opposite of all those things we were listing. <coughs> Instead of it being cold, it's warm. What was that? Obedience. Obedience. Can it's it's. It can respond to God, right? It can, it can love God. It can love other people the way God loves other people. Um, it allows us to do the thing that we were created for, which is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Right. It can make it makes us. It enables us to be part of Christ's body with each other. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And there's there's another besides the heart. What is put in us in in new birth here in Ezekiel twenty six? Ezekiel what was Ezekiel thirty six twenty six? New spirit. New spirit. New spirit. So this is also the point where the Holy Spirit indwells us. So we called it acting on us, the Holy Spirit acting on us, but actually then we're. We're told that the Holy Spirit indwells us, which is really different, really different than our dead state. We really are like Jeanette, you know, like fully members of God's family, his children, complete with the indwelling Holy Spirit. Um... You know, uh, this isn't in the notes, it wasn't in the commentary, but just now it made me think of how, you know, we, we still have our, we're reborn, but we still live in our fleshly bodies. So, uh, and they're no help at all, right? Our, 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 not the, not our, the, our flesh pure and simple, but our, our old man, our uh, unregenerate selves, our un- spirits, our personal, not, you know, we're still, we still have our sin nature. It's going to be a, a battle the rest of our lives. What we're, what we're uh, yielding ourselves to from day to day. So it's good that we have a new heart and we, you know, this, but I really like the fact that the Holy Spirit indwells us because we need that power. We, we need something more than what we got, you know. To, to 
to live that life, to, to, to grow in faith, right? And, and to be convicted of sin. They said we could do a whole another study on what the Holy Spirit does in us, but one of the things is it convicts us of sin. It's the, it's the thing that notices sin for us, okay? So uh, we get the Holy Spirit also during regeneration, uh, this, this, uh, all of this kind of reminds me of Ephesians 2.10. Let's look at Ephesians 2.10. You can read that. Ephesians 2.10. God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are his workmanship. He acted on us. He new birthed us. He did these things to us. And uh, we are his workmanship, and it enables, like we were just talking about, all these good things are enabled by this, like we said, this this having this heart of flesh enables us to obey and do these good works. You know, we were told we're told elsewhere that all our righteousness is as filthy rags. That's before, because we don't have the ability with our stone hearts to do any real good. You know, if we do something good, that's that that's God using us in in. Uh, <laughs> in common grace, you know, keeping things from being as bad as they could be. We're acting out of self-interest. We're acting out, we don't want a guilty conscience. Our parents told us never do this. Why have a guilty conscience if we do? We have all these reasons to do things, but none of it's the works of God until after regeneration. Now we have actually this Holy Spirit on board. We have this heart of flesh. We're a new creature created in Christ. And so that really, that's the other verse I want to look at, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. A new creation. Really fundamentally completely different than before. There's a going back to the Ezekiel passage in 27 about the I will put my spirit within you. Mm -hmm. There's a result. Oh, that's in the next verse, isn't it? Go ahead. Yeah. That result is to be to again cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. As a result of having the Spirit, as a result of having the new flesh, the new heart of flesh, and the Spirit to empower that heart of flesh, which is now alive to God, we not only recognize our sinfulness, but we desire to do what God wants us to do. So that heart of stone, which cannot love, that heart of flesh that's empowered by the Holy Spirit, wants to love. 
wants to do what is right. As a result of the love that God has given us, you know, that why do we love God? It's because He loved us first. Because He loved us. That's in 1 John somewhere. That's, uh, yes, thank you. I have added that to the official notes for this lesson. Should it ever be taught again? (laughs) Verse 20, that's verse 27, right? Yes. 25, 26, 27. And it is this, that is your Old Testament description of regeneration and you know it describes how israel will be regenerated so we can cover that that'd be a whole nother class i'm not prepared to teach but um i i think the main thing we want that people wanted to notice just before i forget to mention it also is that there's been various misinterpretations of this born of water that jesus throws in there does that mean baptism does that mean uh your natural birth uh but uh, there's I wish I could quote D.A. Carson. Who was here whenever D.A. Carson came and spoke here that one time? <laughs> he has a funny way of, that will never do. Remember him saying, that will never do. He's like, he was like, that would be a, a reference at this point to natural birth. Well, that is just trite. <laughs> anyway, so uh, no, it's talking about Ezekiel. It's talking about this, this, uh, this description, uh, and, and maybe Nicodemus, it was just to further show us that Nicodemus was just not tracking at all. Because, you know, this it's not called being born again in the Old Testament. But, you know, it's not a big leap. I heard another pastor draw it all the way back to Genesis 1. The spirit mm-hmm. hovered above the surface of the waters and bringing out the birth of mm-hmm. creation. Interesting. And just saying... Nicodemus, it's like throughout, maybe the spirit and water mm-hmm. work together. The cleansing, like, this, clean, yeah. this ceremonial cleansing, which is over and over in the law, right? I mean, so Jesus, Nicodemus would yeah. wash his hands ten times that day, probably yeah. ceremonial. So when Jesus says, "Aren't you a teacher of the?" Uh, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. like, you should yeah. know, should have known, should have picked up on that. Okay, so just we're, we're we are finished. Our key verse there, I think, should be Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This, the, the moment this happens, is the moment of regeneration. You just got you were made into a new thing by God, and uh, <clears throat> creation. That's who does creation, God, and the new birth. We can reveal it's a work of the Holy Spirit. It is God's decision that it happened. It is a cleansing of our sins. We are given, imputed the righteousness of Christ, and our sins are put on Christ. Uh, it gives us this new heart and uh, that changes everything about us, really, and, and it gives us this new spirit, which is our power and is how we keep overcoming in this life uh, all, all, all our, our old man kind of tendencies, uh, our, our, the power to resist temptation and so forth. We don't have that until we got this. All right, any other comments or questions? What is the new birth? Is that- oh, there is another scripture I think that um, besides the ones we've already shared about God's, it's God's decision. Oh yeah. And that's in um, John six forty four. 
He says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Period. If you're not drawn, you won't come. It sure is an hour decision. Thank goodness. I also like the beginning of Ezekiel when God commissions Ezekiel. He says, Ezekiel, stand on your feet. And Ezekiel says, and the spirit filled me and stood me on my feet. <laughs> and it's, it's that whole idea where we are, there's the general call to mm -hmm. faith in Christ, mm -hmm. but we cannot have, we can't faith, we can't trust in Christ, we can't believe in him without the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit to stand us on our feet and allow us to delight in what God wants. Yeah. What God wants is for us to believe in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus also said, receive his word, that his words are eternal life. And you're speaking about Nicodemus couldn't even see this kingdom of God. And that's why he's asking the dumb questions. But mm -hmm. then he was blind and now he sees. Mm -hmm. He can now see the kingdom of God and receive Jesus' words. So we can, we've received the Holy Spirit and opened our eyes and our ears where we can receive his word and love his scriptures. Whereas they were, they were just words on a piece of paper before. Yeah. And now we see them. Yep, we were like we were like Lazarus, dead in the dark. You could talk to us, you could explain stuff to us all day long. <laughs> open the open the stone so the dead guy can hear you and explain things to him, just like Nicodemus. What are you talking about? Dead in our trespasses and sins, but God. Yeah. Ephesians. Yeah. Let's, let's pray. <clears throat> Dear God, thank you for this uh, time this morning in your word. And Lord, thank you especially for your great grace and mercy toward us in regeneration and opening our eyes, calling us to yourself and then empowering us to see you and giving us that gift of faith. Lord, I pray that we would Rest in that faith, Lord, and um, remember that all our uh, true righteousnesses are works by you through your Spirit in us and through us, and Lord, that we do not depend on our own strength uh, as we walk. Lord, we depend on your strength, and Lord, we do not rely on our own um, merits Lord in any way as we walk but we rely on your merits we rely on the merits of Christ um, Lord for our um, growth in faith and for our usefulness to you in this body and uh, Lord in your uh, work on this earth uh, at this time Lord we all depend on you um, Lord, I pray that you would be with us in the coming hour as we worship together, that you would be pleased with our worship, that you would enable us to worship in spirit and in truth. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>